Come on. Come on, if you would stand to your feet all across this place really quick. We're going to give praise to where praise is due before we go into our work. And we just stretch our hands to heaven and exalt the King of kings and the Lord of lords in this place. Jesus, there is no one like you. Jesus, we've come here today. We've gathered as a family to exalt you, to love you, to worship you, to learn more about you, to experience you, to encounter you. So Jesus, come into this place. Save every lost person. Heal every broken heart. Lord, we declare in Jesus' mighty name that today is a new day for some people in this house. That today is a new day. In Jesus' name we pray. Shout amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. If we could, come on. Can we give it up for the worship team? They are just incredible. Incredible. That's your cue, guys. You guys are great. Um, I am so honored to be able to preach to you guys this morning. I am one of the ones that have my Christmas tree up. You can judge me, but I don't care. Our house is Whoville right now. Come on, somebody. Anybody like the Grinch in here? Wave at me. Come on. Any of you in here? You've been a Grinch once in your life before. Can you testify? Come on, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Some of you still are Grinch, but we got time today, and God can work a miracle in your life. Amen? Uh, but I'm excited to preach to you guys this morning a, um, a message called Turn Up the Volume, no pun intended. If you know our youth ministry, we're called Volume Students. Um, but my message tonight is called Turn, or this morning is called Turn Up the Volume. Say, Turn Up the Volume. And our pastor is watching from Minnesota, so we bless him in the name of Jesus and his family. And we hope that they are having a good time. But today, again, I want to preach to you a message titled, Turn Up the Volume. But before I do that, i got to tell you one announcement. Yes, I have an announcement, too. If you are a young person in here, 6th to 12th grade, uh, young adult, some of our leaders are in here as well. Tonight, we have uh, First Sunday, our youth service tonight, right here at Calvary at 6 o'clock. We will be transforming this entire sanctuary into a glow night, a neon night for our students. We have about four other youth groups coming. So if you have a young person, get them here tonight. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have a pasta bar. Come on, somebody. And all the young people said, no more pizza. Hallelujah. Tonight, Miss Amber is going to bless us. So it's just going to be a good night. And um, bring all your young people out to it. But this morning, let's get right into the Word. You know, I've heard it said before that the God of the process is the God of the outcome. Have you guys ever heard that? That the God of the process is the God of the outcome. The process is temporary, but the promise of the outcome is permanent. The process is temporary, but the promise of the outcome is permanent. Come on, that's good news. Mark 10, 46 through 52. If you have your Bible, go there with me. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, the NLT. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then the people said, be quiet. Many people yelled at him, but catch this. But he only shouted louder. I'm going to say that again. He only shouted louder. So people were telling him to be quiet, but Bartimaeus only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. 
Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. My God, my God, I got a word for you this morning, and it's going to bless you in this house. I want to talk to you this morning about turning up the volume. You see, Bartimaeus was blind, he was begging, and he was defined by his physical limitations and the things he had to do because of being blind. In better words, he was defined by his circumstance and his reaction to his circumstance. Sometimes our reaction to our circumstance is worse than the initial circumstance. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes our reaction to our circumstance is worse than the initial circumstance. He was blind, therefore he begged. But here is the interesting point. His name was Bartimaeus. Why is that important? Here's why. Because only, this is the only miracle of that sort that the person's name is included in the biblical narrative. This is the only place we find the name of the person is right here in this story. The author Mark includes his name. Why did he include his name? Scholars believe that this is the evidence that this man became a lifelong follower of Jesus. I've heard a pastor say before that this earned him a righteous reputation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to be known by a righteous reputation. It's time to be known by a righteous reputation. The reason why we find Bartimaeus is because it's believed to be known that he had a righteous reputation. From that day on, it said he followed Jesus down the road. As soon as he could see, he followed Jesus down the road. Now, all of us, maybe if you are blind in here, we can pray for your healing. But we can kind of relate this. We were once lost, but now we're found. And because we're found, we are following Jesus down the road. So if we are following Jesus now, you better have a righteous reputation. Say righteous Reputation. What is your reputation? The definition of a reputation is the beliefs or opinions that are generally held about something or someone. Let your reputation, this is so good, let your reputation echo the righteousness of Christ. Let your reputation echo that you love God, that you know God, and that you truly follow God. Let your reputation state that you live holy and set apart. Let your reputation state that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and that you're burning for the things of God on the earth today. Let your reputation, in better words, preach. Let your life preach. Let your life preach. We have too many people in the church today that if I didn't see you every Sunday or if you didn't see me every Sunday and I didn't know you go to church, outside of the church setting, in the natural week-to-week, day-to-day, office hours, living your life, does your life preach? Does your life have a righteous reputation? Do people know that, oh man, yeah, Kathy Frank, she's the real deal. I can say that about Kathy Frank because when you walk up into her shop to get your hair cut, You're about to get slain in the Holy Ghost. It's just a different time. You know, she is the real deal. If I see Kathy in public, there is no shadow of a doubt. She is the real deal. But that shouldn't just be just for Kathy. That should be for all of us that call Jesus Lord. Do you have a righteous reputation? Do you have a righteous reputation? And if you don't have a righteous reputation, i got good news. God can give you one. Today's a new day. Give us this day our daily bread. Let God do the work now. But we need a righteous 
reputation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this to you again. Let your reputation echo the righteousness of Christ. Let your reputation echo that you love God, that you know God, and that you truly follow God. Let your reputation state that you live holy and set apart, that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're burning for the things of God on the earth today. But outside of our own life, does Calvary have a righteous reputation? When we're talking about this church, we better have a righteous reputation. So let Calvary's reputation echo. We're a place where the name of Jesus is lifted high and that we don't quench the Holy Spirit. Let our reputation as a church be we care for the widows and the orphans, that we invest into a young generation, that we love unconditionally, that we burn for revival, and we're obsessed with reaching the lost for Christ, as well as we stand on biblical truth no matter what the culture says. Let Calvary have a righteous reputation. It's time for a righteous reputation. Let me remind you, i got really good news for all of you as an individual. This is what your Bible says. We are the light of the world. Come on, somebody. We're like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You can live a righteous life. You can burn for the things of God. You can be what the Bible says you can be. Why? Because greater is He that is in you than he who is in the world. Do you have a righteous reputation? Do you have a righteous reputation? Do you have a righteous reputation? Jehovah's Nick Canoe. I love this right here. The Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. Do you have a reputation of righteousness? Back to the text. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And that really doesn't give it justice. He began to shout. I'm not going to, well, let's debate real quick. Do I want to do it? You want me to do it? It wasn't, geez, son of David, have mercy. He, he literally, from the inner place, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. You see, he didn't whisper, son of David. He didn't nod. He didn't golf clap. What did he do? Son of David! Have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. What a crazy thing that this is. He, he literally shouted. He had issues with his eyes, but he had no issues with his voice. He had issues with his eyes, but he had no issue with his voice. What does that mean? It, it, it's time to stop whining about what we don't have and start praising God for what we do have. Quit trying, now catch me, quit trying to find the reason why you can't and find the reason why you can. I'm going to say that again. Quit finding the reason why you can't and find the reason why you can. Bartimaeus had a million reasons why he couldn't. But he found his reason why he could. We need more people to get their mind off the reasons why you can't and get your mind on the reason why you can. Come on, somebody. I feel God in the woo, y'all know. First service, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, I'm so my wife laughs at me all the time because she always reads my sermon before I preaches. Uh, before I preaches, before I preach. And I actually had another sermon that was going to preach. And she read it, and she's like, that's not the one. So I had to write a whole new sermon. 
And um, thank God for a good wife in your life. Amen. And uh, she, I, I mean, I, I work two weeks on the one she can. Two weeks. Two weeks. And I was like, babe, this is it. Brought it to her. She said, mm. what? Mm. Two weeks. I've been with the Lord two weeks on this. Yeah, it's really not it. I love your message. You know when someone does it, they, they tell you it's not it, but then they tell you they love it. Have you ever had that happen? You know, that's not your best look. I mean, it's not terrible. Okay, yeah, I look, I look bad. I get it. But she said, this, this is not the one. I said, babe, two weeks. She's all right. Yeah, you go go in the office all day today. Pre- you preach Sunday. It's like, babe. So I came in the office on Thursday, and I just laid on, the, laid on my face all day Thursday and, and got this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, finished it up last night, thank God. And I took it to her, and she said, this is the one. So you guys are getting the one this morning. Amen? It's a now word. Come on, somebody. But quit trying to find the reason why you can't. And find the reason why you can. You might say, well, pastor, what do I have? Some of you in here, maybe the, the enemy you know, has you in a place where, you know, I've heard a preacher say it's just the spirit of Eeyore. You know, you just go, uh, what, do I, uh, what do I have? I've come to tell you this morning. You have a faith that moves mountains, a shout that brings down walls, a joy unexplainable, a peace that passes all understanding, a grace that's sufficient, an anointing that destroys the yoke, a gift that cannot be revoked, come on somebody, and a destiny that cannot be stopped, the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, if you just have Jesus, you have more than enough. Just Jesus, and you can flip the world upside down for the glory of Christ Jesus. Don't tell me what you don't have because I'll tell you what you do have. You have Jesus. You have Jesus. And that is all you need. I was in when I was in Bible college. Come on, you're broke in college. Our professor said when you're broke as a joke, but you have Jesus, that's all you need. Come on, you might be broke as a joke, but you got Jesus. Your body might be sick, but you got Jesus. You might just feel like everybody's betrayed you. Your family's walked out on you. Your friends have walked out on you. I got good news. There is one that says, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I am with you now, and I will be with you then until the end of the age. You have Jesus. Say, I have Jesus. Jesus. And that's all you need. Come on, somebody. Man, y'all got me preaching. Now catch this. Catch this. The Bible does not say Jesus was attracted to the Bartimaeus that was blind. This is powerful. The Bible does not say that he was attracted to the blindness of Bartimaeus. He was not attracted to the fact that he was blind. There is other stories in the New Testament, yes, That Jesus is attracted to the need. But not this one. Jesus was not attracted to the blindness of Bartimaeus. He was attracted to the worship of Bartimaeus. Why do I say worship? You see, let me explain this. When the words came out of Bartimaeus' mouth, he was not just saying, hey Jesus, I need you. No, 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 no. He said, son of David. You see, son of David was the apex praise. It was the ultimate praise. It was the praise that when Jesus is walking through a crowd, you could call him everything. But when he hears son of David, it stops him. How do you know that one? How did you call me? Who who are you to call me by that name? 
Son of David was the apex praise. And why is that? It's because it literally means you are the Messiah. The Son of David literally means it's the identity. Christ, you are Him. Jesus, you're the one we've waited for. Jesus, you're God. Jesus, you're the one we trust in. Jesus, you're the Savior. Jesus, you're the rescuer. Jesus, you're the deliverer. So when Jesus heard Son of David, all of a sudden he was called on by everything that he is, and he turned around, and he wasn't attracted to the blindness of Bartimaeus. He was attracted to the worship of Bartimaeus. How many of you know that when you worship God, the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people? What does that mean? It means God can't help but come. Where there is worship. God can't help but answer. God can't help but move. Where there is worship. Why? Because he inhabits the praises of worship. So in this moment, son of David, God was attracted. He inhabited the praise of it. Walked right to him. What is it that you want, son? I want to see because of your faith. Your faith and your worship go hand in hand. Because of your worship, you can see. Well, I've come to talk to somebody this morning, not just to get your sight back. Because I believe you guys need to see clearly in these days. But I've really come to talk to you to get your voice back. Because this is the, the, the powerful revelation of this, this passage of Scripture. Remember when he's there, everybody said, Be quiet, Bartimaeus. Hush, Bartimaeus. Just be quiet. And it said many people said that. Shh. You got to imagine Bartimaeus, you know, not only is he probably dealing with the, the voices of those around him telling him to be quiet, he's probably dealing with the voices of himself too. Is this really going to work? You probably shouldn't do it. Come on, have you been there before? That God begins to move in your life and all of a sudden you hear these voices telling you, yeah, you, nah, I don't know, you shouldn't give that much, you shouldn't do that much, you shouldn't serve that much, I don't know if I'd do that. you got to imagine Bartimaeus was battling all of that. And as they were telling him to be quiet, what did he do? He got louder. He turned up the volume. He got louder. And what I've come to speak to you this morning is for you to get loud. Are you ready? You see, friends, come on, Corey's ready. Bartimaeus didn't say, God, I'm blind. He said, son of David, sometimes you have to praise over your problems. You can say, God, I'm sick. God, I'm not feeling it, and God cares. Yes, but sometimes you got to praise over your problems. You gotta praise over your problems. I know I'm hurting, but God, you're good. I know I'm sick, but God, you're a healer. I know I'm blind, but you are the son of David. I know I don't got it all together, but God, you got it all together. I know I don't know which way I'm going, but God, you said that you have ordered my steps. You know exactly what I mean, what I need. Sometimes you just have to praise over your problem. Praise. Over your problem. Now I want to remind you again when Bartimaeus was going through this and, and, and the people were telling him to be quiet, but he only got louder. We can really relate that to today. I mean, you know that we can really, I mean, really relate that to culture as a Christian. When you stand up for what you believe in or you're, you're proclaiming the good news or, and you're standing on biblical truth, our culture would love to tell you, shh. Your workplace would love to tell you to shh. Maybe some of you, your own family, would love to tell you to shh. 
Come on, I'm a fire-baptized, tongue-talking, Pentecostal, third-generation preacher. My family has told me to shh a lot. But I got louder. They got saved. But the culture would love to tell you to be quiet. The culture would love to tell you, shh, shh, shh. And I'm afraid some churches would even love to tell you, It's the enemy trying to keep you quiet because he knows who's walking by. My God, my God. He knows who's walking by. He knows who is in the room. He knows who is here. And he knows who that man and what that man can do. And if the enemy can keep you quiet, if the enemy can keep the tape over your mouth and tell you, don't take all that. You don't have to dance. You don't have to run. You don't have to shout. You don't have to respond. You don't have to pray. You don't have to sing. Just shh. Can you imagine if Bartimaeus just shh. And he just listened and remained quiet. He just listened and remained quiet. I believe the story would have been a little bit different. I believe we wouldn't be talking. Remember, this is the only found in the Scripture, the biblical narrative here of where we have the name Bartimaeus. I believe we wouldn't have had his name if he would have stayed quiet. I believe maybe we wouldn't even read the story if he would have stayed quiet because it might have not, not have happened. But because he got louder, everybody else said quiet. He said, Son of David, Jesus inhabited the praise of Bartimaeus' cry. And because of that, Bartimaeus could see again. I've come to let all of you know in this place this morning, I know you're believing God for a lot. I know you need a miracle in your body. I know you need to see God come through. I know it. You've stood on the word. You're believing God with everything in you. Friend, I know. I'm believing with you. I prophesy that it's going to come. But what if I told you the Spirit of the Lord says, get louder? What if I told you the Spirit of the Lord says to you this morning, turn up your volume? Turn up your volume. And I love this because it's, it's more. Friend, it's more. And this is how I'm going to land this thing. It's more than Bartimaeus just raising his voice to get the attention of Jesus. It's more than that. No, Bartimaeus raised his voice again to let the people know, I don't care what you think. You can call me crazy. You can say I'm too much. You can say I shout too much, dance too much, believe too much. But I don't care what you think. I need this man. And the reality is this. God knows you need him. That's a no-brainer. God knows we need him. But do the people on the left and the right know you need Him? Do the people on the left and the right know you need them? Do the people on the front and the back know you need them? This changes everything. I can prove everything in Scripture, the entire New Testament and the Old Testament. They stand hand in hand and they run in this. The people that God used, the people that had influence for the kingdom, were not ashamed of the left and the right and the front and the back. They stood up and believed in Him. Let the world know. God used their life. What if I told you you are one, one moment away from your breakthrough? God just wants you to turn up the volume. 
God just wants you to turn up the volume. God just wants you to lose yourself in the fact of being so worried about what other people might say. And say, God, I don't care. I need you. And God will inhabit that. God will move on that. Why? Because God is looking for people that are not ashamed. God is looking for people that are not ashamed of who He is and our need for Him and our longing for Him. And I'm afraid in the Western culture, in the world today, we have done this to the believer. Shh! And God says, quit shushing and start shouting. Start shouting. Watch what I can do. Get ready, Calvary. We're about to turn up our volume. Come on, We're a loud church anyway, but we're about to turn up our volume. You're about to get louder than you've ever been. You're about to pray more, read more, worship more, love more. Come on, give more. Serve more, believe more. Why is this? It's not because man has pulled on your arm. It's because you have been, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, consumed by the Spirit of God. You have been set ablaze by the fire of God. And when you are set ablaze by the fire of God, you automatically pray more, read more, worship more, preach more, love more, serve more, give more. Why? Because this is the way of the kingdom. And you're a citizen of that kingdom. And you follow that king. And everything that he is, we want to be. We long to be. And we love him in this place. Can I get an amen? Because when the enemy tries to tell you to be quiet, it's time for you to be like Bartimaeus and just get louder. When the enemy tries to muzzle you, it's shh. It's time for you to be like Bartimaeus and get louder. When circumstances seem to just get worse and worse, don't let that kill you. No, 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 get louder. Don't stop praying. No, pray louder. Pray louder. I can remember a story when I was young. We were believing for a miracle. And I can remember this story so powerful. We prayed and believed God. And we believe that God can answer, you know, the quiet prayers. Yes. He can answer the prayers of our heart. Yes, He's God. He's God. He hears my thoughts. He sees me. He knows me. He can move. He can answer. My heart's just got to be there. I've got to have faith. But there is something about connecting your voice. And I remember we were believing for a miracle. And all of a sudden it took one anointed lady. Come on. It took one anointed lady to get the revelation. She said, I'm done praying these quiet prayers. And went right outside and walked around the house. And you could hear from the whole, every house in the neighborhood. She was... God, we call on you. You are great and lifted up. Only, I mean, she started lifting her voice. And all of a sudden, literally within a day, we seen the miracle. Do I really understand the why? No, because I believe God can answer anything. But there is something about raising your voice. There is something about speaking it out that God inhabits. She went around that house and she prayed. And we watched God move. What I'm trying to tell you, church, is no, it's time. The time of being quiet is over. It's time to be loud. The time. Uh-oh. The time. Uh-oh, okay. The time of. Yes, we do. All right, bring it in. Follow me real quick, Corey, all right? Stay with me. 
All right. So, the following of Jesus. It's time to not hide your faith. It's time to not be ashamed of your faith. It's time to not tell, you know, only mommy and daddy know that I'm a believer. Only my siblings know that I'm a believer. Only my my, my spouse knows that I'm a believer. No, it's time for your entire workplace to know that you're a believer. It's time for your entire school to know that you're a believer. It's time for all of your friends to know that you're a believer. Why? Because God wants you to raise the volume. God wants you to turn up the volume. How will they know if you don't open your mouth? Bartimaeus, don't be quiet anymore. Bartimaeus, it's time to shout. I'm speaking prophetically to you this morning. Turn up your volume. Son of David, don't pass us by. Worship team, you can come back. Wherever they are. Come on, turn up the volume. Worship team. (laughs) But this morning... That's got to be our cry. Son of David, don't pass us by. Because the son of David literally is calling on the identity of who Jesus is. The son of David is literally calling on the identity of who Jesus is. Friend, I know one thing is true for all of us, no matter what you're facing. The identity of Jesus is all you need. Just who Jesus is, is all you need. And the truth is, he's walking through here this morning. Don't let him pass you by. God cares about your needs. God cares about your pain. What does this text tell us? He wasn't attracted to that. He was attracted to the worship from the person going through that. And because of the result of their worship, guess what God did? He healed that need. He touched that need. He said, oh, you're blind? Now see. Friend, I believe this morning if we can just get a hold of God, we can just grip God this morning in a place of worship. I believe God can grip our need. I believe God can heal you. I believe God can set you free. I believe God can move in power touch you with fire, anything you need, I believe He can do it this morning. But the way we're going to get a hold of Him is through our praise. This morning, we're going to get a hold of Him through our praise. And we've already worshipped already, and we've, we've sang these songs, and we've, we've already done the three songs and sit down, but you know what? Stand back up. <laughs> All across this place. And before we go any further, because I believe God's going to meet some needs in this place. If everybody would bow their head and close their eyes. If you're in here and you don't know who Jesus is, or maybe you did one time in your life, but you find yourself in a place that you need Him again today. There's sin in your life. You're away from God. And you know that if you were to die right now, you would, you, you're questioning where you would go. You need a Savior. If you're in this place and you need God to save you, God to redeem you, God to restore you, 
you're in this place and you need the miracle of salvation, the miracle of mercy, with no one looking around, will you lift your hand? I want to pray for you. I see your hand. Come on. I see your hand. Now in unity, we're going to pray together. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we love you. We repent of our sin. We put our faith in you. We believe that you are God, that there is no one like you in the heavens or on the earth. So this day, we pick up our cross. We follow you for the rest of our lives. Fill us with the Holy Spirit. Mark us by your love. Jesus' name. Shout amen. Come on. Now this is where, as we can do that, come on. Two, I, I think two people gave their life to the Lord this morning. Come on, can we just lift a shout to Jesus? Do you understand? Do you understand that in heaven, that when 30,000 get saved, there's a party? But when one gets saved, there's a party. When one gets saved. So let's just join in really quick. God, we love you. We give, we give honor and praise for the mighty work of the cross this morning that for 2,000 years keeps doing what it said it would do. You keep saving. You keep delivering. You keep setting free. And we love you again this morning, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Now I have the final call. And this call is related to my message. You're in this place, and you need God to move. You're not blind, but find your thing. Find your situation. What are you going through? I know all of us in here, we're facing something. And if you're not, good for you. You're awesome. Tell me how. But we're all facing something. And this morning, we need God to intervene. We need God to step in. Because we finally figured this thing out. We can't do it without Him. God knows your need. God cares about your need. But we're doing this connected to this text right in the book of Mark. God wasn't attracted to the need of Bartimaeus. He was attracted to the worship of Bartimaeus. This morning, I believe through worship, God's going to be attracted to you. He's going to inhabit your praise. And then he's going to touch your need. But the key is this. You've got to worship him. This is when the enemy would love to step in and tell you, don't do it. The people right, right next to you are going to think you're crazy. Don't do it. The people behind you are going to think you're crazy if you respond to this. They're going to try to figure out everything you're going through. Don't do it. These are the voices. These are the voices. This is what Bartimaeus had to deal with, these voices. Guess what? What did he do? He only got louder. So guess what for you? That means I'm only going to respond. <laughs> if you need God to step in, to touch your life, then friend, you've got to turn up your volume right here. You've got to turn up your volume this morning. I believe God's going to intervene. You gotta worship him in spirit and truth this morning. And for some of you, you just need to find your voice again. This altar calls for you to just find your voice again. You've not worshiped through in a long time. You've not prayed through in a long time. And God wants to restore to you the voice, the cry. This morning, God's gonna touch us in a real way. But catch this, don't let the son of David walk by. I feel him in this room already. I felt him in this room from the beginning of service. He's here. He's going to move. Don't let him walk by. 
Get a hold of him. Get his attention. Worship him in spirit and truth. Let me give you a footnote. And Kenzie's going to sing and we're going to pray for people. Listen, this morning, I'm proud of myself. I finished on time. Usually that's a worry when I preach. But I did that because I really want to pray for people. I believe this morning the fire of God is going to run through you. I believe this morning you're going to need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit. God's going to touch you. God's going to touch you in a real way. You're going to leave this place and say, my God, something supernatural touched me. Something came over me. Husband, something like a fire just ran through me. It's going to happen this morning. It's going to happen this morning. But the enemy would love to keep you in your seat. The enemy would love to get you to unplug right now when God says plug in. I feel an anointing in this place. The blind Bartimaeus is going to see this morning. Whatever you walked in with this morning, you're going to... You're going to get breakthrough this morning. You're going to get breakthrough this morning. You're going to get breakthrough this morning. And how does it come? It's going to start in the place of worship. Bartimaeus worshiped. Son of David. Remember, this is the apex. This is the the, the greatest thing you could call him. Son of David. You're the one we want. You're the one we need. It's you.